All right, all right, all right. Welcome to We Are Something Else, episode 86, Mountains. It's your boy Kaleo. Uh, there's CB, there's Superfly, there's E Rich. Fellas, what's happening? What's good, bro? Thursday. Hey, I mean, one day before Friday and another night to, you know, fellowship with the bros. Yeah, man, definitely feeling that. And uh, looking forward to uh, the topics we got on deck tonight. Yeah, I got a couple of interesting topics. Uh, so what's good with you, CB? How was your I week? I mean, uh, week's been good. Um, sneakers coming in, so that's always a good thing. Um, and I honestly still riding high about being a, a new uncle and stuff. So it's one of those things how, where. How that was going. Yeah, Oh man, I was I was joking that uh, I picked up a second job where I just sit around and wait for my sister and brother-in-law to send us new pics and videos <laughs> of my niece, just like you know, of her just like moving around and stuff is is just fascinating. So, uh, like I said, just riding high off of you know the family news. How are they uh, handling uh, COVID with the newborn and everything? I mean, my sister before COVID definitely more on the side of a germaphobe. So she's one of those people that's not playing around when it comes to this kind of stuff. Like we got together for the Super Bowl, and even though we've been seeing each other, the, like the protocol has been we've been masked up. So um, when they did a drive-by last weekend, um, basically her and the baby stayed in the car. Uh, brother-in-law came outside. We're all masked up. And you know, that's been that's been the protocol. So they haven't been like seeing anybody um, outside of doing stuff like that. Uh, doctor's orders or no one can touch the baby for like at least a month. So um, it's basically they're in their own bubble right now. And, you know, that's what they got to do. I'm always intrigued about. You know, like stipulations you're not necessarily used to in a pandemic. Like normally after you have a baby, you know, people come to the hospital, they visit you, they come to your house, you know, bring you dinner, bring you meals or whatever, and you get to you know, hold the baby doll. And then now it's just like, there's nothing. Like, and you, you I'm, obviously at this point, you have to have a really good support system if it's just you, you know, if it's your sister and Quincy, it's just those right. two. Like, you know, they have to be each other's team because there is nobody else right now, you know, at that point. Uh, but then think about like, right. single mothers, right? You know, think about women that are doing this by themselves and they have nobody to go home with or like, well, it's just, it's, it's interesting. And, you know, thank God for people who, uh, you know, who step up and or who are there or who have a support system, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Superfly, sure. what's good with you, bro? Yo, man, uh, you know, we, we're, I'm here. I had a, actually had a good day. It's been a while, like just personally for me, I actually had a good day. It's nice. been a while since I've been able to kind of just say that without, you know what I mean, a lot of stress. You know what I mean? Some good things happened and just kind of feeling, you know what I mean, up. So I appreciate that and happy to be here tonight, man. Absolutely. And then speaking of good days, like the sun has been like shining amazingly last past two days. I know yeah. it's supposed to rain this weekend where we are. I mean, ease in a different time zone area with all that. But like it felt good. We have longer days now, so when I'm getting off work, 
it's I can go outside and enjoy it maybe for 45 minutes or an hour if if need be. But yeah, the last past couple of days have, have been winners. Eve was good with you, bro. Uh, so I, I won't talk about the weather, so you guys look at me real funny style. So I'll leave that alone. But um, no, nah, it's good that you know it's another Thursday. You dig? Um, uh, to be honest, we felt like we just did this maybe a few days ago. It don't feel like a full week. So uh, I, time is flying. In essence, that that that's a good thing when you kind of get to your good days that you know that you kind of have on the map. You know what I mean? That you mark up. So other than that, man, you know what? Um, this this week we uh, switched up the workouts to a full hour, uh, doing Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, still outside. You know, got the the ladders, the cones. You know, doing about fourteen stations. So you know, we uh, we you know, I'm out there. I'm out there. Okay. Okay. Yeah, um, I, I had to kind of switch up mine too, just to keep the monotony from driving me crazy. Because uh, now that the days are getting long, I can go back outside and incorporate some of that. But I mean, basement workouts—they're tough. And if you don't have the motivation, there's no getting through it. So I did switch it up. Like I've been doing these ten-minute to fifteen-minute hits, and then this week I doubled up. So I started doing two different hit cycles that are um, 10 minutes apart. So it ended up being 20 minutes, then I'll do some lifting, just something to switch it up. But uh, yeah, definitely, you know, how what were you doing beforehand before you, you switched it up to this? So we, uh, it was still kind of like more of a hit, but it was, you know, I I haven't touched any weight since we, since, you know, I've been doing the workout. It's all just, you know, your body weight. Actually, yep. But we were doing more more high numbers, right? So, you know, we were trying to get, you know, like 250 push-ups in in, in, in the 30 minutes with the squats, um, the jackknifes, you know, different different layers of kind of both upper and lower body, same day, you know what I mean? But we were doing that five days a week. Um, and then we got to the point where we were up to, like I said, 100 burpees, you know, in under 30 minutes, which is crazy with the push-up, you know what I mean? So... Uh, the wear and tear started to happen, even though our bodies were getting used to that workout. So it was good that we decided to switch it up. The ladders came through when we got, you know, better weather after the, you know, kind of the holidays. And uh, you know what? It, it, it is good. You know, you get your music playing. You know, luckily for me, we live in the cul-de-sac. So, you know, that gives you that 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 easy access to that, you know, that extra street that nobody be really worried about. Yep. Uh, and no parking over here. So they can't they can't even mess up the workouts. The 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 FedEx and the uh, Amazon cat, when they always come through, they always they see the cones out. They know they got to cut that short and just go ahead and just bang, <laughs> bang that early Yui because we're not moving these cones, bro. We too tired to even get up. So we're trying to get it in. <laughs> hey, you know, in those movies and the videos when they be showing the West Coast, it's always be a dude in the, in the front yard, like bench pressing. <laughs> Is that what right. y'all be like? Right. Listen. Listen, listen, I, I know, like, yo, my mom hates this, right? Because I tell her all the time. She hates when I tell these stories. But literally, like, growing up, the, it was it was the Samoans that stayed uh, across the street, literally across the street, and they had the way bench outside. <laughs> right? And then the, the, the part of it, because it doesn't rain, like, nobody really has grass, right? So it's just dirt and, like, a couple of grass spots. But, like, the bench is out there. Nobody's taking a bench. Nobody's taking <laughs> And you just see them out there. And they take the shirt off, and next thing you know, they just and you would think that they just got a whole workout and looking swole as hell. <laughs> <laughs> they, they do no lower body, they just all right. Just, a leg skinny as I don't know. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's crazy. I mean, all right, let's see. Where we at? 
All right, fellas. So let's wrap. We got a couple of things we're going to talk about. Um, let's see, let's start with this one right here. So shout out to, um, well, first of all, prayers up to Tiger Woods and his family. Because if you haven't heard, um, Tiger was involved in a single car accident a couple of days ago, like early uh early in the morning i believe right e, that was out there right was that out there by you no nah, don't don't tell people that that's that's too rich of a neighborhood for me to eat. <laughs> i'm oh. just asking yeah you know um but yeah he was involved in a single wreck um and they had to use the the jaws of life on his vehicle to kind of pry him out of there if you, i didn't want to put a picture of the vehicle up you can look at it you know find it on the internet if you need to but i mean looking at the vehicle it's just like and you know this dude had God and angels all around him to make it out of that. And just with a couple of broken bones, you know? So, but, uh, you know, just, just prayers up to him and, you know, wishing him a, a speedy recovery. So look with that, just being from, just being from the area and not living in that area, but just no, no different from other places. Right. So I, let me give you um, just a little heads up about, how this happens it happens a lot to be honest with you and i don't know if the, the they've been reporting it because they talk to the neighbors but it's just certain locations certain certain streets um you would know i don't know you know if uh superfly cb i know about church road uh in Bowie, right uh infamous yeah. church if you understand it if you live there you know when to dip when like you kind of you've gone through it enough times where you realize we need to bob and weave if you will right Yep. The problem is that street, no different from like, like granted, you know, that's near the golf course, the whole nine. If you're not driving out on a regular basis, you are bound anybody. Didn't matter if it was Tiger. It was definitely somebody. They said it was like two months ago, a family did the same thing. You know what I mean? Of course, they're not going to report that. But there's certain streets out here. Uh, the same thing that happened to Kevin Hart. Mulholland Drive is infamous for that. If you take that turn too fast... It don't matter what car, who you are, you are going off the side of the road. It like there's just certain roads out here that are designed that way because there's like it, it I mean it's too much of a pinpoint turn. Like you got to get it in. Like you, it's almost like an autobahn. <laughs> like for real. Like it it's it's not to be played with. And I want people to understand like definitely prayers up to them, but you got to watch out cuz there's certain there's infamous. It it, it 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 will never fail. We are going to see it again where somebody Either high profile is going to hit that same turn or the Mulholland Drive. Like I said, Kevin Hart wasn't the first one. It just it gets reported because they're celebrities, but those are the type of like corners that those people try to hit all the time. And right, I'm shocked that they reported um, he won't be ticketed for the accident. But I'm like, what could you? I mean. Obviously, toxicology before came back that he was nothing was in the system, but ticket it's still like, you know, a person almost died in an accident, and you, you want to put it, worry about a ticket at this point? I don't even know what you could give him a ticket for. I'm sure there's something to give him a ticket for, but still, it's just, you know, praise up for Tiger Woods and his family. Um, this next one, man, this. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take that I'm gonna I'm gonna change the scenery on this because let's 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 talk about this. 
gonna be it's, it's gonna involve a round robin on this. So Meek Mill has been in the news two times in the last past week or so, right? Um, we can dive dive a little deeper on the second reason after the main reason, but uh, he, the first one was him and Takashi Six Nine. Um, there was a footage of them getting into a some kind of a scuffle or just words in a parking garage outside of, I, I think they were coming outside of a club or something like that. Who knows? Who cares? Right. Um, and all you hear is them yelling back and forth at each other. To me, I'm thinking straight publicity stunt. Like what's the point of, you know, you got all these security guards and yelling back and forth at each other. Just They're not going to allow you to touch each other. If it was real, it's just, it just seemed perfectly timed to me. Right. The, the light is fading on six nines you know, being out of prison and, you know, whatever single that he may release, like, there's no no light on him. And then Meek, same thing. Like, there's no real light shining on Meek right now because just no one's checking for Meek, so it was a perfect opportunity to do something like that. Uh, but let's, before we get to that, let's talk about the the lyrics, the, the second incident. Um, so Meek, I don't know if the song even came out. I know the lyrics came out. Anybody know if the song actually came out? I don't think it did. Yeah, okay. So the, the lyrics, I'm gonna read the lyrics. Um we can go into this. Uh this bitch I'm fucking always tell me that she loved me, but she ain't never showed me. Yeah, if I lack yeah, if I ever lack, I'm going out with my chopper, it might be another Kobe. Yeah. Um, so first of all, I got a couple points and I'll pass it to you guys. When he wrote that. He couldn't have been like, oh, I'm going to kill him with this. This line is the dopest bar ever. Literally or figuratively. Either right. way. He could, that right. couldn't have thought, that, that process, that, that couldn't have passed through his mind like, I'm, this is this is going to be the bar that's going to kill him all, right? Um, And then second, like, he couldn't have thought it was a good idea. He wasn't getting any flack for writing that, right? How beloved Kobe is. We're not even. We're just a year removed from his death. Like, and you spotlight that incident, and then not even that. Let's dig this a little deeper. You talk when you bring that incident up. You're talking about eight other people that died that day. So, a bar talking about going out like Kobe. I got you, Superfly. I'm gonna finish this up. You got it. Um, but you're still talking about. Eight other people, including children, that passed away. Go ahead, Sufar. And I, I talked about this a little bit on social media too. I think what you know to me it kind of demonstrates just the impact of you know when you grow up around a lot of trauma in a culture where it's like you know somebody lose their life, you put them on a T-shirt, and that's kind of how they get memorialized, and it's so much of it you you become numb to you know what you're really seeing and i feel like that's kind of the what we saw in kind of the lyrics you know what i mean you kind of throw it out there because it's like you know how even cameron and Peyton full talks about you know ninjas die every day you know what i'm saying and it's mm -hmm. just like we don't when you grow up in that you don't value life in the same way you know what I'm saying? So I don't think it was I think it was less of a thing where he didn't um, recognize the weight of the weight of his words and more of a 
you know, I this is how I, you know, pay tribute to my dead homies and in a way that just didn't hit right. You know what I'm saying? And I think that, you know, it's just a it's just a mix of different cultures. I feel like where people on one side really feel super, you know, how could you say that, you know, offended? And I kind of see another side of it where I understand like why it's offensive and I don't think it's appropriate. However, I also think that um, we see this every day and you know what I'm saying? When, with regards to how we treat other people who have died, you know what I'm saying? Like they, I mean, this is like, it's not, it wasn't uncommon in, in places like DC where, you know, somebody would, somebody would, you know, do a drive-by then the retaliation of the people who got killed at the drive-by what happened at the funeral of you know what i'm saying of the of the opposition and it's like yo like once you start shooting up funerals you know what i mean like when do you have any sort of value for you know what i mean human life and respect for you know what i'm saying other people so i'm, I'm gonna jump off my soapbox before i get extra extra deep on you but that's how, that's my take on it. Okay. Okay. E C B. You want to go on, on this one, C B first, or what? Yeah, yeah. We'll uh we'll hand the baton off uh to you at the end. E. Yeah, man. It's it, it's uncomfortable mostly, um, because you also know when it come when it comes to music when you're talking about the subject of death in general, it can, it's kind of like a a thin line that you got to walk because yeah, it, it really could be, this is how, you know, meek views a way of a tribute. And it's like Superfly said, you know, like it, it missed the mark. Like that's not ends up not being, you know, hopefully what he intended it to be. You know, you, you hope that there was no um, like uh, bad intent or ill intent, but yeah, it's one of those things where I kind of think that he thought the line was clever uh, when he, you know, when he wrote it. Um, but it's just not the it, that's not a subject that you can get wrong if you're going to put it out there like that. So I think that, you know, over the last number of years, Meek had actually kind of had somewhat of a resurgence publicly after getting humiliated by Drake in their spat that they had. And, you know, this is kind of, you know, knocking him down a little bit from some of the good pub that I feel like he's had the last couple of years trying to you know, help with like some of the, the prison reform and all that kind of stuff. But it's it was uncomfortable, you know, and it felt incredibly insensitive. And I felt that Vanessa's response to it was, um, you know, I don't think she was out of line at all. She definitely had the right to come out there and, you know, kind of check him. So, you know, it's it, it was not the meek news that I was expecting that day. That's for sure. Yeah. So there's I'm going to kind of I'm going to play off the Superfly. And this is like a, a onion. You got to peel back in different formats. Right. And uh, I, I like the analogy. I, I heard it from one of my professors. You know, they, they talk about peeling an onion. Right. A onion is a full circum circumference. Right. And when you peel it back, but they said, if you actually cut the onion in half, 
right? And you peel it back, there's two different sides of how the onion is going to react to when you start peeling it off, right? Because it's not being unwrapped at the same time. So if you look at it in that aspect, let's go back to other rappers have made mention of past situations. Uh, they even, you know, kind of highlighted when Wayne made the Emmett Till line, right? He didn't say sorry, but he reached out to the family when he realized that line doesn't even equate to that type of person and who that was and what goes on with that person's name. And I think that's the biggest portion of it, right? Is like you said, it's the weight of the person that we're discussing. Um, this, what we're looking at is you look at how close it was to 224, which highlighted Uh-oh. Yeah, I think we lost him. Yeah. Um, but I'll piggyback off of what he was saying. Now, had the say the bar came out, the deadline came out five years from now, right? Um, we're a little removed from it. Do you do you think it'll be taken a little differently? Still here? Still here? Yeah, we're here. We're here. Yeah. Right. I, um you, you froze a little bit, yeah. Oh, my bad. I'm just saying, like, it, first of all, he, he made the line with none of his homies in the studio because they, they would have looked at him and been like, nah, like, that ain't the one. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes you need that. Nah, that ain't the one. Like, you're going to have to switch that up. So he did that in the crib, thought it was cool, wrote it down. Somebody heard it and probably was like, oh, yeah, that's a dope song. Really wasn't listening to it because it's just new music from him. Um, but again, just, you know, diversifying your, your, your vocabulary. You know, you're supposed to be that portion of them. You should be higher into the game as long as you've been in to where that bar should have came a whole lot better than that. And if Kobe was the only line you've gone, then I'm now downgrading what Meek Mill was as a rapper because that bar was trash to begin with. It, even the fact, regardless of removing the emotion from the Kobe part, the bar was trash. The bar was trash. Let's just be honest. And I think once you get to the honesty of it, then you break it down. That's why I said Cut that onion in half and start peeling the different layers. And then you really get to the core of it. The bar was trash. He was reaching. Again, doesn't help him out on the other side of understanding that that's not the name to drop. And then going with the Superfly side, like I said, you know, had Kobe been some hood dude that was a rapper, next, you know, now you got his family. Like, we feel some type of way about it. We're going to come see you. Now you present more of a, of a problem, you know, in that situation. This, this poses another question. Did, did anybody drop a line like that about Nip after he passed? There were no lines, but I remember like Kodak Black said some stuff about Lauren London. I don't remember any like songs coming out, uh, but there was some stuff like that that was going on. Um, right. you know, so still some of that disrespect. Right. Uh, so my question was, if the line came out five years from now, would it be a little different? I don't know. I mean, I just think the, I guess what, what would have stood out more? I could see him doing, I mean, he did it now, so I don't know why he wouldn't have done it five years from now. And I think the lack of creativity would have been even more like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Obvious from and you can like separate from the shock of just 
somebody name dropping, you know, Kobe in that, you know what I mean? In that, in yeah. that way, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it, it, it yeah. you know, tying somebody's death and the way, the way they met their demise, you know what I'm saying? Into the lyric itself is just, you know what I mean? In the relationship lyric. Like, I don't understand that. Except Wait, the look, Gucci did Gucci did the same thing, right? And he a legend for that. Even though that was his, you know what I mean? Somebody coming to kill him. I mean, at what point? Like, when do we, you know, as a culture, as a as the culture, right? Mm-hmm. Like, when are we going to stop and like recognize, you know what I mean, the damage that mentally we we are still dealing with. You know what I'm saying? And I think that like until we do that, you're gonna have this kind of you know what I mean? Foolishness. And it's kind of a thing where people hold Kobe in a high regard right now. And that's why, Absolutely. you know what I mean? It raised so many eyebrows, but like, like people say this kind of disrespectful shit all the time. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? About anybody. And it's just like, right. at what point are we going to really start looking at each other for our right. humanity? You know? Well, hell, let's start at the top of the, the top of the bar. There's this bitch that I'm fucking. <laughs> I mean, so like this was, it started off just like oh wow, like this is now um, look and that Nav song, <laughs> the song that Meek Mill got with Nav and <laughs> the tap joint, and he like um a ho Uber on the way ho uh something 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 put my thumb up in that a ho like that's a fucking <laughs> that's dope like I ain't gonna that I've listened to that many times. <laughs> That's clever, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and that is not a, you know, it's not it's not the most respectful line. I, I you know, but still, that was clever. You know what I mean? And this was not that. But that's what you I think that's what it comes to, right? Like had the bar been a lot better, right? And not so much in the instance of that it had to deal with Kobe, but if it was a clever bar, if it really kind of played on it, we would it would have been probably given a, a certain pass if the bar was clever enough and it didn't deal with it on the, on the dark side of it. Right. Sure. Cause there's been plenty of people that have been name dropping Kobe since that's on, that's on some like dropping yes. it on like Kobe or, you know, like these are the different right. things that you give them can, you know, uh, a tribute to them. And, and the, here's the other crazy part. Let's just be honest. Kobe, as much as he was from Philly and rep Philly, how dare you do that? Knowing that they going to rock with him harder. They going to rock with you at the end of the day. Yeah. Right? I mean, this. 99 other ways you can drop Kobe in a, in a line. And if there was one way you don't, that was the best out of a out of hundred. That's the one way you, you don't, you don't put him in a bar. Yeah. Ask Drake. I mean, right. Well, <laughs> um, and this is me. This is, this is, this is my personal opinion. Like again, from the, the six, nine, you know, camera op, because from there, six, mm-hmm. nine has been going on all these quick, you know, social media posts like you know, trying to dog anybody or calling people out to have him on camera and chasing him out. like he's a like like he's hard like he's trying to his street cred is there. But dude, like you got police officers like you have protection like just people protecting you from yourself. Like when when is I don't I don't get that you know these these, these social media gangsters because in real life let's let's be honest man let's be honest. You snitched, you got out, and now you're trying to claim that you, you know, that you have street cred. Ain't nobody checking for you, dog. Like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, this is the perfect opportunity. And then, real quick, if we switch to that, I was going to say, like, the meek thing to me, 
I've said this before, and, and I'm going to stick by this. Meek is only as big or good as Dreams and Nightmares. After that, I can't tell you. Maybe Amen on that album, but Dreams and Nightmares is what he's going to be known for. That's the song I'm that... I'm a boss. That don't... Right. That was that was the same album though, right? That was the or oh, that was the Rick uh, with the whole um, Rick Ross. Yeah. What about the what, I mean, what about the the uh what was the one that he dropped when he got out with uh with uh Ross and Jay? I forgot. I mean that was one everybody was like clearly Jay, yeah. but I mean everybody on that one kind of they they hit their peak on that one. Um, I have to go back because it's definitely in the rotation for um for the workout, but. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. But again, that we lead into that because again, had it been in a different, you know, tense, had it been a different rapper, had it been a different level of respect for the bar, and if the bar actually hit, then you know, we'd be having a different conversation. Like that's why and I'm never gonna bring up whatever that little that, that little Yeah, boy. I don't even understand why they sharing the same air. You know what I'm saying? If I heard he was in a place, I'm out. You know what I'm saying? It ain't even no discussion. I'm out. Right. Right. Hit him with the big gun. I don't even know you. So go that right. Way. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. It's not worth it. Like I, I know Joe Buttons turned down a like they reached out, hit the dudes, folks reached out to Joe Buttons, uh, the podcast wanting to get want to interview to to put you know, put some more stuff out in the air that nobody knew about. I don't know if y'all heard about that. Buttons was like, no, nah, like I don't want nothing to do with this dude. Like, you know, he should and be deplatformed. You know, exactly. what I'm and you try to use me to to kind of help bring some recognition back to your name. It's not gonna work. But like again, social media gangsters, like this dude. If you really like that, you don't need you don't need any any, any security around you. Person opinion. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so let's transition. Let's do this. We talked, I think we, we, we kind of reached out about this and talked about this. Um, the NBA is going to have the All-Star game uh, March 7th. Uh, I don't know if they're doing the whole weekend with the dunk contest and the three-point. I, I don't know. I haven't heard that much. All I know is March 7th, we're getting the All-Star game. And Gladys Knight is going to sing the national anthem. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be fans in the arena. It's it's where it's in Atlanta, I think. Is that where that's where it is? Yeah. Uh, and we know how we know how Atlanta's been going. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's probably ten thousand people in that in that arena. Um, and I can't believe. So in order for this to happen, it has to be two sides agreeing, right? You have to have Adam Silver, the NBA side, right? And then you have to have Chris Paul, and I can't think of the lady's name right now, but for the Player Association, they have to come, they have to agree to this, correct? I can't believe that this actually, on a shortened season, this is going to this is gonna happen. So what are you guys' thoughts about the game? Or is this even happening? I think the NBA came out and, you know, Adam Silver's talking about, you know, because the game is for the fans. Like the, we know the all-star game, any kind of all-star game is, you know, supposed to be for the fans and everything. So they're, they're playing that, that angle on it. 
I get it. You know, it's outside of the playoffs and, you know, the actual finals. There isn't many bigger spectacles that the league has throughout the season as the All-Star game. So they know that it's still, you know, from a business standpoint, it's a prime marketing opportunity. They're From what I heard, they're doing like the dunk contest and, you know, the three-point contest or whatever at halftime. Um, so Really? Yeah, yeah. So they're finding a way to like fit everything in. Um, and you, like you said, it's Atlanta. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's like a few thousand fans there or whatever. Um, but it definitely it, it's tough because the dudes are already playing against each other every night. So don't really know if it's necessarily that much extra exposure. But when we are in the environment that we're in right now, like it's pro like it probably isn't the best decision. You know, all we're doing is increasing contact. Uh, but it's one of those things where as a fan, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm not tuning in because I will be tuning in. Um, but I don't think that, you know, optically, I understand where the backlash is. It's one of those things where it probably is the smarter decision to not have done it. But I think that they made the business decision. Yeah. He yeah. word business. Yeah, no. And, I, and I'll, I'll play off of that. I'll go cons uh, conspiracy brother and then I'll let Superfly uh, <laughs> bring up the rear. But, um, so the, the kind of what you said, so Chris Paul was pushing for it, but the other players, the, the other superstars was like, nah. And two reasons. One, can't have fans in there, not going to feel the same. It's not that type of all-star game. Two, we talking about a shorter rest for more, if not most of the cats that are going to be in the game. So you really didn't push to be like, well, I'm not going to play that much, so then the reserves is going to get in. So you might as well have just kind of trashed it anyway because we just going to kind of be like, I'll play two, three minutes, laugh it up, throw a couple of three-pointers from the logo, and then I'm going to go sit down. It's not nobody in here. It's not going to have that same that same fan affair. Um, again, fans of the game, so we're going to watch it, especially for, you know, you want to see Zion go crazy because, you know, that, that's, that boy's still on some – I don't even know, like, what we witnessing with that. But then I'll say this. But then you also got to look at it. They The NBA forced their hand, which, I, again, usually Adam Silver has been for the players and has shown that over the time that he's been in position. Something definitely had to get pushed, which is definitely that money, because they are also pumping that the proceeds from the games are going to the black colleges. So now – the, my thing would have been, let's make this as, because this is every February, that all the money for that month or that game goes to the Black College so that we're not missing out next year when we're either full capacity or the next two years where we're getting half of what we would get, you know, or less if we were at full capacity in Atlanta at that. You know what I'm saying? So let's, this, this is where, you know, you kind of get to be on the, uh, all right, I'm not, I'm, the NBA was kind of trailing in that, in that position. And now they kind of took a couple of steps back and I'm, I'm really kind of looking at them. Like I need to see how you going to bring me back to that standpoint of I'm calling you the best kind of league out there right now. Are they yeah. going with that, that same point score format? Anybody yeah. know? Yeah, they did okay. say they're going to do the Kobe, uh, the Kobe format. You know, I think um, what we're kind of staring at is just a, uh, uh, I'm gonna use some big words now. So a confluence of um, competing interests, or you know, honestly, like 
the NBA signed long-term deal with, you know what I mean, their their television partners. And if they don't have that game, that's a serious, you know, loss in revenue for the television station. And they got to look at the long-term play on, you know, are we going to have a league that's going to be on television beyond this year? So, you know, it's really, they're really in a tough spot. Um, and, you know, I'm going to say like, all-star weekend is probably my favorite sports event of the year. Um, so it's, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of it. Now the other side of it is just going to be a horrible super spreader event. Like the strip clubs, the Atlanta just in general, like this is about to be just a fail on epic you know proportions. It. You know, and they're going to pay for that shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <That's it. laughs> so hopefully, you know, <laughs> You know, I I have no idea what's about to happen that weekend, man. But you know, you know it. I guess they gotta get they gotta get the money, man. Yeah, but like you said, super spread. Like you're gonna the bright idea of putting your best talent in one scenario, one situation, blow up the whole season. And exactly, and it's bad enough. Uh, Brown is struggling right now by himself. Like you know, AD is out. Truders out for probably a couple more games, and the, the dude was probably banking on the little bit of rest that he they were going to get this week at, during that week because it's really short. Um, and he's not going to get. I mean, unless he goes in. I mean, he's the type of person that you know he says he can keep going. You know, he's probably conditioned to. My lost him. We got to turn up. Yeah, we with you, man. But this is, this is a huge mistake. <laughs> yeah, all, all around. <laughs> you, you, you would think that just the, the basis of it, right? The, like you said, the long term, like understanding the TV side of it. But, you know, um, let's just be honest. Like they never compete with the NFL because nobody watches the Pro Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, there's really, like you said, there's really nothing up to this magnitude that 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 cuts that way so it's one of those things where this could have been played out they had time right since the bubble they had time to really try to piece this together where this could have worked out better in their favor of and and they had just was it like last year or the year before they had just created where it was a longer span for the all-star game it was like two weeks because they were like the superstar that would have to play the whole week didn't really get any time off and then they go straight back to the schedule so they they could have planned out planned this out a lot better and had more TV events like like the NFL. They was on fucking Nickelodeon. Like, come on, they could have had the you know the rookie sophomore game on that shit or something like that. Like, this is they could have pieced this better to where this would have worked out uh, in the long run. Are they playing the NCAA tournament? Yep, supposedly. Yeah, so I'm wondering also like if the timing of that is is leading you right into. You know what I mean? Uh, the, Much madness. Exactly. Conference tournaments and then uh, the big the big dance, too. Yeah, I think yeah. they, they, they really are going to follow the, the bubble situation, not to cut you off, because I think with them, they really can, because you already know the teams that you're going to have already in that bubble, right? So it's easier mm-hmm. to kind of maintain it that way to say uh, maybe not the full, was it 64 or whatever it was, now you cut it down or, you know, after you play your initial ones. And then I think from the – I think after the first round, I think then the bubble kind of goes into effect because by then 
they know they can kind of keep everybody within that that time frame, and they always play on the same damn court anyway. So, and I think the NBA bubble had with four courts, I believe, four or five courts. Yeah. yeah it's kind of Nate, man, Nathaniel uh, Ellison uh, for joining in, but yeah, uh, and Roy, yes, he's here too. Um, but like you said, it, it's it could have been planned out a lot better, and. We'll see. I, I'm going to watch for entertainment purposes. I just think it could have gone a different way. And then they're saying that the second half of the season schedule was released, and these guys are almost playing back-to-back nights, like lim- minimal rest. So it's 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 going to be a, a, a tough season for for the – I mean, at this point, I, I don't think – I mean, Bronze, go, Bronze at this point is probably playing for MVP. Deep down, he probably knows that it's gonna to be tough to come out, come out one, come out of the West, and then two, with with AD being on the fence, um, beating that Brooklyn team. Because this one, I haven't seen that Brooklyn squad is is they score well and they pick who which two or which one is gonna take over a game. Like Kyrie is playing amazing ball, James Harden as point guard, which is where you want to put him, Kyrie is, is settling into that two role, and KD's not even playing right now. It that team pisses me off, but it'd be tough to beat him. Um, but you, um, while we're here on the NBA, uh, Draymond Green, right? You know, he he dropped a couple comments. Uh, was it last week? E. Yep. Yeah. Um, about the situation, um, Andre Drummond and uh, Blake Griffin. Uh, so these two guys, um, they got sat down by their their teams, Cleveland and Detroit. Um, by the team, they they got sat down um, because at this point, these guys are going to be out of their the teams that they currently play for. Um, so instead of you know anybody getting hurt, risking injuries, they're sitting. But earlier in the season, we know that James Harden went through a situation where he wanted out. He didn't want to play. He even proved it by showing up to camp out of shape. Um, He didn't want to play for Houston anymore, but they didn't give in. They made him play. They didn't sit him. They didn't, you know, he played those games until until he was out. So Draymond made the comments of saying, um, kind of just paraphrasing, that they did, you know, they pretty much did hard and wrong. They should have sat him too. If you're going to do, you know, one for over here, you should do the same over here. Um, and LeBron piggybacked and, and agreed that, you know, what he said was right. I don't know. Does anybody can know exactly what he said? Who, Draymond or LeBron? Yeah, Draymond. Yeah, so he pretty much just said that the way that the organizations, which is, you know, the teams, handle – the 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 draft the trading a player is not the same way that it gets you know recognized in the media for when a player asks for a trade or says I'm ready to leave this place because this is not working right Harding was not wanting to come back the organization did everything to make him come back right they they made him out to oh look how he came back he really doesn't care you know but then when the organization's like yeah you're not fitting with us we gonna sit you down because what it is is it's um them <clears throat> business wise they're protecting the asset right which is if you're out here playing you get hurt now i can't trade you i got to keep you still pay you money 
but putting you on the bench and telling people we're actively looking to move you, he was like, that's a slap in the face. He said, like, that's what's the difference from a player saying, no, I, I, this ain't working. Let's go ahead and figure out where you can send me. But they don't it doesn't it doesn't tie together the way the respect comes across when it goes to the owner saying that they want to get rid of somebody compared to when a player says, oh, he wants to get traded. They, You know, he kind of said, well, they're viewed as a cancer. You know, they were bad for the team. But when the owner says, yo, we're looking any any offers who you got, we, you know what I'm saying? Like, look at him. He's on the bench. He's healthy. You know, and the crazy part, he's dropping a double double Andre Drummond, like seriously. So it's not like he don't bring value to the to the to the game, but it's just the way they handled it. And I think, you know, it really sparked that interest where, again, they are. I, I like what they do in the NBA because and not getting fined for it, even if they did, they bring that shit to the forefront and make them have to deal with it instead of the NFL where, oh, you get fined. You can't speak on the owners. You can't do this. You know, we'll do a, like they put them on front street. Fix it because if you. Then it's going to be a situation where you're going to have more of a backlash that comes out when something really hits the fan. And you got to look into it as, as just that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did. I did have this right here. Um, so your starters for the All-Star game. We skipped over this. It's, it's, your, it's your basics. Everybody knows who's going to be playing. Um, but the reserves were kind of interesting. It seems like everybody's kind of balling this year. Um. And there were some snubs, definitely, uh, that were left off the team. Devin Booker was one of them because we know uh, Devin Booker's been balling. Sabonis has been balling. Um, Trey Young for Atlanta. Like, to have him in Atlanta and not pick to represent Atlanta, it's crazy, right? Um, but then AD got voted onto the All-Star team. I, I think they said today Devin Booker's were picking AD's spot. Um, in the in the um, in the game, uh, you know, and is there anybody else that should have been all star game that left off? Bradley Bill finally made it. What's oh, funny about Brad is that he's like not even doing too much different than what he did last year. Like his, like he was legitimately snubbed last year, and this year it was like, oh no, nah, got to make sure Brad gets in. You know, so he went from getting snubbed completely, didn't even get like a reserve call to he's starting this year and he's basically doing the same thing. So he just got flat out snubbed last year. And that was a travesty as far as I'm concerned. Um, But for the game, it's one of those things where it's hard to talk about snubs when they have such a limited roster, because you have if we're talking snubs, you got to kick somebody off. So it's like, all right these are supposed to be in and in the NBA, you know, that a lot of it's a popularity contest. The starters are basically picked by the fans, right? Like they're, they're a large part of that vote. And so it's, it's, you know, it's a spectacle. It's a spectacle. And, you know, they're, they're trying to like, unless they expand the rosters, they're always going to have this, but they also might want it because it keeps them, you know, Twitter's talking about it. Um, whenever there's snubs each year, like obviously, uh, you know, it causes a lot of buzz on all of the socials. So for them, you know, having the the news, not not the worst thing. But still, at the end of the day, if we're talking snubs, we have to legitimately come out and say, all right, well, he deserves it over this other person because 
Otherwise, we just need to say, okay, we'll just expand the rosters. Facts. Thank you for saying that because Jalen Rose made a comment, and it was a, it was a truthful comment. He said, don't get me "He said, don't get me wrong. I hear you when you say that these three guys should be on there." And he's and he said, "I don't, I don't, I'm not doubting them. But who are you taking off for them?" And that's that. You have to look at it just like that. You have to say. It, who's who's taking Giannis off of there off of those names? Who's taking right. LeBron? Who's taking Steph? So once you go through the ones where even if you did pin your own, you know, roster, they're still coming in at the second half of your roster. So it's not like a bad thing. It's just let's just be honest. The talent pool is also that deep. Yeah, I was about to say it's a good problem to have. Honestly, we just <laughs> we're just at a we're in a period right now where the NBA talent wise is as good as it's ever been. And you know what I mean? It's just that just is what it is, you know, and it, that's a good that's a good problem to have. Yep. No, agreed. I mean, you got a team like Phoenix. You know, Chris Paul goes there and just gives them takes them over the edge of where they where they were going anyway. And they're now like what the fifth seed? Almost like that. I mean, you got a team like Chicago. Zach Levine is just, you know, going off. Look at Julius Randle. That's the big. I mean, he's probably going to get comeback player of the year. Oh, don't be honestly. mad, man. I was I was always a big fan of his, man. Like I wanted the Wizards to get him so bad out of the draft, and I always been a fan of his, man. He's finally getting his flowers. Well, right. Yeah, late in the game, I, I agree. But he crazy. also he definitely he definitely didn't give it to us in he the show up in LA. <laughs> <laughs> That fool was out. That fool was out there trying to. He he was competing with uh uh Javel McGee for one of the goofiest players. <laughs> Some of the shit that he was doing, I was like, "Are you serious, right?" Like, In college, he was a straight monster, though. Yeah, he was. He got to the NBA and became a, a monster because he was out there. I was just like, what is <laughs> "Like, no." Yeah, I mean. I'm just you know to see somebody late in their career like that. I mean, later. I mean. To, to elevate to the level that he's at, I mean, that, that's good. I mean, that shows that, you know, he, he's been putting in the work. And, you know, I guess, he, you know, he deserves it at that point. And Zach Levine coming off that ACL, man, like it's, you know, it's a big accomplishment. And it's funny because it's like in like the 30s or something all the time. But he's having like a top 30 Chicago Bulls like shooting guard season of all time, you mm -hmm. know, I know he didn't play this many years, but just to put it out there, all the other top seasons are MJ. So it's like, <laughs> he's had the best shooting guard season so far of anyone in Chicago set up that's not named Michael Jordan, which, you know, that's, a, that's an accomplishment in itself. He's been balling. And, um, you know, it's, he's one of those dudes that I root for, like in the league, like you want to see him doing well. He comes off like such a nice dude. And so to see some of these guys still get their first shot at it, you know, um, you know, it, it's 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 still dope. Like it's like Superfly was talking about in a normal setting, All Star Weekend from the game, from the festivities, from the sneakers, like it's awesome. It is in sports one of the best weekends of the year. So um, it, it's dope that some of these dudes like Zach, who we would normally just be hoping he's in the dunk contest. We're actually going to get to see him in the real game, and that that stuff is cool. He right. sat the dunk contest for the three point shoot, the three point contest <laughs> last year, right? Right, right. Everybody's right. waiting for that Aaron, him and Aaron Gordon to run it back. 
And Aaron <sighs> Gordon got snubbed last year for the dunk. Halftime show should just be them two duking it out. Like just, just give it, just give us a show. It's like I don't. It, they're so good that it's just like <laughs> it just you you be watching this shit. It's like a video game or something. Yeah. And it's like you don't even. That's you know why what I mean? Like I remember sick. like. When Vince went, it was just like, yo, I've never seen this before. And it's like Vince going against Vince. And it's just like, right. exactly. You know An what I'm evolution saying? Evolution of that. And then with the camera angles now, how they show you different angles of the dunk and the degree of difficulty that it was. Like, oh my God. But I will say, I was going to post this, but I hadn't done it yet. The worst dunk in the dunk contest ever. Ever. And you're not gonna convince me outside of this E. Blake Griffin jumping over the key. That was the worst. It wasn't dunk. the worst. That, it there was, was we've seen the worst. Like it was product placement. It was product placement. It was a choir singing. And it was him jumping over. <laughs> See, him him jumping yeah. over the, the front of the car. And it was just I was like, and he won for that. This for jumping over Kia, who sponsors the dunk. I was like, this is come on, man. You, have you seen like the, you know what I mean? The the dunk contest with like before Spud Webb was in it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like when they first brought it back, like that shit was pretty whack, man. Like yeah, this that, is like, <laughs> like jumping over a car is a pretty impressive feat, you know? <laughs> yeah, they when they were doing like the 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 wheel like spin. Yeah. Like, God damn! That wasn't even that bad, though. They were just double pumping and dunking, and that's it. And they were psyched about that. How high he got is the whole point of that dunk. How high he got? He was he was up pretty high to get the, you know. Listen, as long as they don't ever make D Wade the judge again, I'll be all right. Yeah, right. I love D Wade. He's one of my favorite players of all time. But yeah, yeah. Doctor J. He never he never gonna let that one down. He never Doctor J be hating out there. <laughs> right. <laughs> But it's good. like what kills me, like, you know, you have you have some of these dudes where they're like just all on Instagram. They're just dunkers, like dudes that are professional dunkers. That's crazy. And so before back in the day, Kaleo, like you were saying, uh, you know, we see we see some like Vince do some stuff. Uh, Steve Francis do some stuff. And you're just like, yo, Incredible. like. Was it Isaiah Ryder went between the legs for the first time in the dunk contest? Something like did it East Bay yeah. or something like East that? East Bay funk dunk. You know, and you're just like you had never seen it before, but now you, I, I, on my timeline every day there are seven or eight dudes that are doing stuff that only three guys in the NBA are doing, and that's like Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine, and the kid that, and um, uh, the kid who won it last year. Like these dudes that you have to be doing crazy stuff now it's a completely different game exactly. when it comes to just dunking because you have dudes that can't play basketball a lick but they can you know they got a 50 inch vert and can do some crazy stuff i want to see somebody do a 720 in the nba i know one of those guys can do it i saw they, it in the one can. as somebody can do it um who's the dude the the, the guy for timberwolves i mean he, he uh, definitely has hops but I'm wondering if he if he's a style dunker. But that I mean that's gonna be dunk of the year. I don't I don't think anybody's gonna beat that dunk. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> were they pointing that he like stepped out? 
before that, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But you also got to think, I think Zion would get it, but everybody knows to make a business decision to like not get in the way of him if he's already looking like he's about to go in the air. Like everybody just goes like, no, nah, I'm good. Just business know, decision. Just, yeah. They were saying he's having a season in the paint statistically. Like that's second to yeah, only right. Shaq. Like it's incredible. This dude, but yeah, he still eventually will need to expand his game, you would think. But this dude is fun to watch. Like it's crazy. He gets anywhere close to the key and he just might take off. Like it's like those are the kind of dudes that in today's game where it's still mo- like it's become Steph Curry, Dame Lillard, Trey Young, dudes shooting from the logo. Like to have a guy like Zion that is just like a freight train that once he gets going, if you don't get out of the way, you're probably going to get embarrassed. Like there aren't that many dudes in the game just because the style of like the style of the play now doesn't lend itself to that the same way. Um, But he still brings some of like that 90s feel to to his game because it's so. So interior, and he's so dominant and athletic. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm just um, happy somebody just you doing a high percentage shot. You know what I'm saying? Like playing fundamental basketball. Like right. that, that's something that's just been missing. <laughs> right. Um, so we are um a week away from coming to America. Like all the all the press stuff is getting ready to happen. Um I'm actually excited about it now. Um I had I had lost a little bit of hope. <laughs> than last month or so, but I'm excited about it. I mean, I'm 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 like just to see that that whole era brought back because in the first one, I was watching some of the the press stuff, and Eddie said he didn't know how big the first one actually was until he started going. Like he went to a restaurant, they had a sexual chocolate milkshake on the on the menu, and he said this was like almost 20 years after like it had released. He was like. He didn't realize how big of a cult following the first one was, um, and which got him interested in writing, you know, the story. So now that I know that he he had a lot to do with the writing, makes me feel a little better. Just just because I mean, you know, writing Dolomite, is key. Dolomite, man, Dolomite was right? excellent. That's my. That was. Very he is key. not going to disappoint, man. I'm telling yeah, you. He's okay. right. Eddie's still in his bag. Like he's one of those guys that that he can he can get in front of a, a camera with no nothing and he still gonna make you laugh. Like old jokes and new jokes. He's still he's still in his bag. Yeah, yeah. Um did you guys check out Judas? Yes. Yep. I I, I started it. Uh couldn't finish it because I had distractions, but uh, what was your take on? I mean, I know the story, so you can you can talk about it. What was your take? How did Daniel uh, Coulier do to you for you? Put my nephew to sleep next time, then you can watch it, bro. This giant, like, so first of all, I was going into it real skeptical. All the talk about, you know, what I mean, a British British actors playing, um, you know, black black heroes or American black heroes, just to say, um, and like Kaluuya just he did the he did his thing man and I, the the combination of Kaluuya and the, and Lakeith like Lakeith was like unfortunately his skill set 
it makes him kind of born to play roles like that. And I know it like destroy. Yeah, man, I know it really messes with him mentally uh, to have to do that and live in that. But I mean, his service to the role and to the movie itself. Amazing. Mm -hmm. The dude. um, um, What's the dude from Breaking Bad? Like just the casting, the like it was amazing. Yeah. Like the he, he always plays a weird character. I can never remember his name, but he, he's no. the weird, a weird character. I watched and the, the women, the women. I mean, like the whole yeah. the whole movie is crazy to me. I loved it. Yeah. He. Oh man, I'm I'm glad Superfly said it because I didn't want to sound like a complete. And I've never been a hater, so we can never put those two words together. But uh, I. Uh, I I do I do maybe one day we'll have that conversation of you mean to tell me that you couldn't find that one American black man to play that role. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. And don't get me wrong. And like I said, he did his thing. It's amazing how you have that. They talk on a on an interview or a talk show and it's the the, the accent is full. You see him on a roll, you would have thought that they were still Bloke. From- Right. <laughs> All right. They, they from around the corner. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like I think somebody even said that when they found out that uh, like Idris Elba was like not from New York when they was like, he's really right. not from like, <laughs> are you serious? Like he he was in the Baltimore, like he was in the wire, like how right, he right. else, but actually looked like he was probably from Baltimore. Though. Like he bodied that role. You know what I'm saying? Like it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but so back to the movie. I mentioned it in the text. The one thing that I really wish that we kind of do better at, and I know that we as a culture, as far as our movies that we put out, we try to do the best that we can to illustrate exactly what the story was. Um, I believe with Malcolm X and Denzel Washington, the age really matched. This one missed it a little bit because Lakeith's character was actually 19 years old. Yeah, he looked a whole lot older, and I think it would have changed the 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 retrospect of people who don't know the story behind it to understand that 19 dealing with the FBI and them pressing the way that they did on a 19. You he was you, 17 when he got arrested when he his first interaction. So they 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 made him a uh, an informant at 17 years old. Right. So it hits different when then you realize and understand where your mindset was at 17 years old and you're dealing with a big ass entity like that that's pressing on you. Whereas you're saying, I'm not going to jail for five to eight compared to I'm about to topple something that I really don't know. And then when I get involved in it, I'm too over my head. And because they keep pounding me about this money, which is the last thing that I've ever had. And that's what I know that's going to change my life, really. Not what they got going on here, but money is what's going to change my life. And I feel like that in itself really would have then changed your aspect as you look at it. So maybe now when you watch it, Cleo, you realize that how young he is and the decisions that he's having to make when you can see how nervous he is in those times. Like it really kind of like you'd be like, damn, like you would have thought like he was a grown man and had to make that decision. Now he was a kid a super kid that really got put in a place where you know and unfortunately that's what they do man they you know that's always been the fall of fred was a kid too you know what i'm saying that's a, that's the other yeah. side of it like all these people 
you know, late teens, early 20s having mm-hmm. this kind of impact on their communities and legacy left behind. You know what I mean? And to me, that's just the, you know, speaks just the to the remarkable nature, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. of these people. Um, and I'm happy that the story is getting told. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm still just dumbfounded at just how young and the the mindset that these people had around community and and you know what I mean, just these ideas. It's just it's mind blowing. Yeah, I thought that the the entire cast did a great job of making me feel emotional. Like when it, if I when I'm watching a movie, like the way that I don't consider myself to be some like real movie critic. I mostly just watch to be entertained. Like that's really what I care about. But I know that I'm really enjoying a film when, you know, I'm reacting a certain way to what's going on or, you know, I'm starting to feel some kind of way about a character and all the actors knock their roles out of the park. Like it really, we know that it's not like a, you know, stone to stone uh, representation of what actually happened, but it was very, you know, it was a good representation of film. And I felt like I was watching history, like the way that they were portraying everything. Um, and I, I was reading up about how like uh, Deborah Johnson, who, you know, her, she changed her, she's got a, she goes by a different name at this point, but how she had, you know, been consulting the actress that, you know, played her character and was uh, they were going over how at the very end when after they did the raid, it was very important that she, her character not cry in that scene because in real life she didn't cry, and it was important to kind of show that for like black women and their strength. And so that kind of attention to detail to me in a film like this makes a big difference. Like to add some of that, and it really did, you know it even though I knew what the ending was the entire time it had me wishing that it was going to be different, you know? And so it was one of those uh, films watching that I was one super uh, engaged in the entire time. And I thought that, you know, all of the actors and actresses brought, you know, their characters to life. I thought everyone did a great job. And it's funny that we bring up the accent thing because uh, one of the shows that I binge watched recently uh, is Warrior, um, which is on HBO Max also. And the main character of that show is uh, he's half white and like half Japanese. So he looks like my brother. Um, but the actual actor is also British. So when you're hearing him in wow. the show and he's speaking in an English accent and then you hear him in interviews and he's he looks like my brother, but he's talking like a Brit, like, you know, Today, mate, like that shit is hilarious. Like it's <laughs> wild, you know. Um, and it, I guess it speaks to these these guys' range. Um, Definitely. But it, it does. It is crazy to think about the impact that the actual human beings that are being portrayed, um, what they were having at such a young age. Because I think I mentioned it on one of the other recent shows. Like I didn't even realize that Fred Hampton was twenty one. Um, Check out the companion podcast to the movie. Like they they go into a lot of detail about the development of the film. You know, basically like Coogler, 
um, the other producers like met with the family. They were, you know, the Hampton family, both um, Aku and Jerry, Mama and Jerry, and mm-hmm. um, Fred Hampton Jr. was like super involved with the development, okaying every new every part of the script. And they had to argue, like they they had to sit. They argued with the daggone with the art with the actors, with the writers. You know what I mean? All from from beginning to end. So they kind of had their fingerprints all over it. Mm-hmm. And I think because of that, that kind of speaks to the like authenticity within um, within the movie. And what's wild is that like they would not be able to make that movie in the 90s or 2000s. It would have been considered too radical. But this time. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. People are just like absolutely. It's time for that for that like authentic, you know, revolutionary mindset. And I, to me, like that's the most exciting part. Absolutely. It's para. It's parallel to a lot of stuff that you know we've been dealing with the last year and a half, and however long. All right. So uh, I'm, I'm obviously I'm privy to what's coming. Uh oh! Did he freeze? Oh come on, man! This I've been. I've been it's just he, E. Yeah, is it just E? Like, uh, you there, E? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So this 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 one this one should should spark some interest. Um, Superfly, I definitely want to get your take on this one. Uh. CB, I think you're more on, on, on the entertainment comedy side. So I kind of, I kind of, I'll see how you, you'll sway on this one. But um, talking about the movie that we talked about, but just actors in general, um, it got me thinking the duos, right, that you see, the, the people that really kind of play off of each other that almost seem like they go off the script and they still got to keep, you know, running the film, right? That that's just how it is. Um, but I'm going to play it, you know, Ebony and Ivory, you dig? And I'm going to go with the uh, a couple of duo. So the first three are movies. The last one is, it's a it's a, uh, it's a wild card. It's one of my favorite shows I feel like got underrated. But, you know, it's, it's still a thing. So is it just E or is it that to me, Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder is the best duo movie group? to do it ever when it comes to black white i'll give you that because clearly it is, it is what it is you just got to look at it for what it is hmm. i think they're the most iconic i mean it, it, and the different different time spans of course they're oh. like so the uh you got the stir crazy you got still got um, you know you got uh, see, uh, see no evil, uh, hear no evil, which is a classic. All of their movies are classics. The way they, they the way they got down together. Um, but yeah. I think because then you look at the transition into the next. Then you go to the lethal weapons. You go to the you know the white man can't jump. So you have the you have the different phases of when this all came around. But you can still watch Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder today. No different from like you can watch them as if it was a '90s or a '2000s movie. Stir Crazy, by the way, is probably one of my favorite like all time comedies. Like this, there's no there's no getting around watching that damn movie and not literally laughing to where your stomach hurts. So, so I'm a you know, I'm I'm a jump in first. I'm just, <laughs> I 
actually agree with you, E. Outright, I agree with you. Um, I can't think of a Silver Streak was, I think, uh, Richard, another Richard Prime Gene uh, Wilder movie. Uh, but Stir Crazy was absolutely hilarious. And it's so funny that there's two parts that stand out of Stir Crazy me. One was the line, uh, the interaction between them when they're walking into prison and Richard Pryor's telling Gene Wilder how he's got to get bad, he's got to get tough. Right. Right. Uh, you know, you don't want nobody, you know, jumping on you, whatever like that. Um, and then the other scene that stands out is when they're in the cell and Grossberger is singing Birmingham Jail. Like the dude's vocals were ridiculous. I was like, oh my God, like he absolutely killed it. But the whole reason why they're in jail, like, is funny. It's meant to be funny. Great movie. Uh, if you break down, so Mel Gibson and Danny Glover only had Lethal Weapon together. I don't think they did anything else. Wesley and um, Woody, they were, if you go all the way back, they were in Wildcats with Goldie Hawn. Yep. They did Money Train. Yep. White Men Can't Jump. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that there may have been a there may have been something else that they kind of both were in, but they weren't. But um it was a boxing movie, but yeah, they were it was a small role. Yeah. So not necessarily, I mean yeah, and then psych, like I, I need to revisit psych to kind of see what that's all about. I mean, but no. It's a sitcom. Let's stand, yeah, what stands no, out is, is Gene and, and, and Richard yeah. Pryor. Yeah, I haven't seen Psych. Um, and yeah, I love I love Stir Crazy and that that combination. So I can't really argue against it. I was sitting here trying to rack my brain on any other kind of like black and white uh, role like that, and I, I'm struggling to to think of anything else. Um, of course, like Lethal Weapon, that's a the classic. You know what I'm saying? And and just the series in and of itself, like was just it. Like it really wasn't about to me that the the dynamic between those two was not as entertaining, honestly, as the as Wesley and Woody or even Wilder and Pryor. It was more about the action and the the movie, the 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 spectaculars. You know what I'm saying of the movie itself. Um. So, but like the white the that Wesley and Woody and White Man Can't Jump like that. Whenever you touch though, like that's a movie that really touches nerve. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And it's like when you were able to do that, you you have something special. So that's why I appreciate that one. And I actually think all the segments tie in together because we were just on the dunk contest. We talked about the East Bay Funk Dunk. The only other time I had seen somebody take the ball between the legs in the game was Wesley, but he laid it up. So it's all tied together. All the so. basket, the basketball in that joint is actually trash. If you really, uh, <laughs> if hey, you really watch part, it for real. Hey, the funniest part where they like the, the it's the it's the it's the ad libs in the background. Like, oh man, he traveled. Like, it's right? Like, you know, it's, oh, of course he traveled. It was in slow mo. Like, <laughs> Marcus Johnson was an OG in that joint, though. Oh my god, yeah. See, yeah I think. I think that it is hard to argue that Wilder and Pryor aren't like the most iconic duo specifically if we're talking about Ebony and Ivory, you know, doing doing it like that. Cause like they they were in, you know, every movie that they did together 
their chemistry was just ridiculous. You know, that's why they were all hilarious. That's why they all work so well. Um, and it helped that just them individually were incredible. So um, it's one of those things where I like White Men Can't Jump might actually be my favorite movie out of the, you know, the, the options that we had just right on screen. But I cannot pick a better, you know, duo because you don't we don't even have that many duos in film nowadays anyway. Um, like you had more of like those groups and stuff where you'd have like um, Adam Sandler bunch, right? The Adam Sandler bunch, uh, the dudes from uh, Judd Apatow, Apatow, like all those guys. Like, I was trying to think about it kind of like Superfly, like, I was just trying to think of any duos in general, and the only one. one. The only one that I could think of, and this doesn't fit the the black and white theme, but it's Kevin Hart and The Rock because they're in so many movies together. Yep. And regardless of you know what anyone might think of their actual acting ability, the the movies sell. Like they make no, they, a lot of money off of this stuff. They play off each other very well. They're hilarious. Like I to was gonna me, bring up um, Rush Hour also. Right, Jackie, my, yeah. my man Jackie and Chris Tucker. You can't get you you can't go wrong with with that stuff. But like that's the thing, we don't have too Cube many. And Mike Epps. Right, right. Like, but you just don't have a whole lot of duos nowadays. Like, you don't really have that same kind of feel. So it makes some of those older movies where you had some of these guys that ran together for a few movies. Um, it makes them stand out a bit more. Yeah. Um, to piggyback on Cleo, the, the best part in Sterk, well, one of my favorite is when after they got from being where they had to work hard as shit outside and they got back in the, the cell and they was they were so tired that he couldn't get up on the damn bunk and he just lay, laid on the floor. And that next morning when they came and woke him up and he was like, I can't feel my legs. Shit. <laughs> like that whole scene. <laughs> I was in the hell crying every time. Yeah, there's no, and, and I'm sure they broke so many takes because it, it was you could see that they were laughing when he was doing that shit, and it was just it's too hilarious. Like that, that fool is crazy, bro. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll never get that. Like that, I was just about to say it, that kind of chemistry, where you know, because Gene Wilder, every kind of he's always been the basic white guy, like the just the not knowing kind of white guy character and Richard Pryor has always been the the street savvy he's always been the opposite and they just play well off each other and then like I said that the if you haven't seen it anybody's watching just check it out like it the plot to it is simple but the story the comedy behind it is is classic mm, don't get me wrong the duo is thinking about it uh you know the John Candy and, and Steve Martin's, you know what I mean? The planes, trains, and automobiles. But what really what, what I what I was thinking, it and I may even take it to another one. Um, you know, you have those combinations, like the old school ones that aren't here, like you know, whoever butted up with the, you know, the John Candies or, or whatever. But um, damn it, I just lost it. But um there I think the combination, like you said, the chemistry of having two superstars on the same ticket and not one has to kind of be over the top or the other one. It's just that you, you almost think that they were friends as it was who I really wanted to see who could have, I, I think could have made a run would have been Eddie and, uh, 
and um, what's my man Dan Aykroyd? Because trading places is still my shit. Trading places. Imagine that they made made a run like Gene Wilder and uh and Richard Pryor. Like that would have yeah. been. Yeah. Yeah. And I would have said Eddie and Arsenio. They but they. I mean they've done the three to. I mean the two coming to Americas and Harlem Nights. But yeah. Uh, and that's probably some idea. I'll do some homework, but yeah, the, those are the main ones you think about. This like Kevin and 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 Rock. That's probably the newest. Don't forget uh, about Martin and and Will. Yeah, yeah. Out and outside, the thing like outside of any, I would love to see them do something else, like to show a range of their characters, like outside of playing the same two. Like you said, the lethal weapons. I mean. it's it was about the action and when Danny Glover was going to pin that I'm too old for this shit line, you know, mm-hmm. and that was, that became about that. Um, so they played the same character. I, I would love to have seen, at least with Kevin and rock, they kind of play. Kevin's always played the same character, but they're, they're different characters in different settings. They're not the same. You know, it's not sequels. But yeah. I'm interested. I think they also, I think they also said they were doing planes, trains, and automobiles, the, 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 the remake. Kevin and Rock. Yep. I, I can. I, I look. I'll do that. I'll watch that. All right, all right, time for, for soul. This week's copper drop again. Everything's tying together because we were talking about dunk contests. Go for it. Things really are are tying together this show. Um, so on copper drop this week, we are profiling the Reebok Pump Omni Two. Uh, Reebok is re-releasing these in the uh, in honor of the 30th anniversary of the 1991 dunk contest where D Brown famously pumped his shoes up, and then went on to actually upset the favorite Sean Kemp in the dunk contest. <laughs> um, ended it with the the famous no CD dunk uh, where, you know, he's like covering his eyes or, or whatever. Um, but so, I mean, this is a classic uh, Reebok shoe. I remember having a pair of these as a kid. Um, and, you know, for nostalgic reasons, the, these might be something that I end up having to – to pick up because I mean there aren't very many Reeboks that I even care to have in the rotation like outside of you know the questions which I, I love um, and the Zig Kineticas there aren't very many other shoes that Reebok puts out that I'm really checking for but the pump is one of those things where uh, I'm, I'm probably gonna have to do it. How do you feel about a, a Iverson and pump collab? I mean, it would. I, I would want to see how they would make that work. Um, like, if you're giving me pump technology in one of the Iverson models or something like that, like that could be cool. Um, but it really just depends on how they would execute it. Because, like, we we know that for AI, like a lot, like at least the shoes early on in his line, those joints were iconic. So you don't want to do anything. Like we've kind of touched on it on past shows where, you know, some of the brands try to go back and try to 
reinvigorate uh, an old silhouette that maybe they don't need to do that and it doesn't work out like you wouldn't want to risk it so um Reebok and because Adidas has owned them for a number of years and we know that they're selling them now they had done some collabs where they had mixed up like boost in the it's like the the pump fury or whatever and like yeah it's cool combining the two things but the shoe still ended up looking kind of wild because it was based off of the Reebok silhouette, which looks kind of wild. So um, I think that it could be done, but I know for sure that I'm not questioning just the, the regular Omni uh, pump Omni twos. Is this the 30th anniversary? Is that what it is? Yeah. 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 1991. Yeah, man. It's a, it's a classic. It's a cop for me. I mean, I, I won't actually cop it, but I, it's a cop. Yeah. The I had a pair um back in the day and I had a pair like more recently, maybe like in the last 15 years or something like that, that were like red uh Washington football team colors. Mm. Um and I'm not sure if I still have them or not around here, but um yeah, it's all it's just a favorite silhouette. Since it's kind of bring me back to my childhood where that technology was just like, yo, you could you could dunk if you pump the <laughs> the basketball up. <laughs> It never really happened, but you know. Oh, exactly. But, it's just, they should think. Uh, yeah, it's a cop. Um, probably heavy as hell. You probably don't want to play basketball in the real these days. But they are heavy. Yeah, I, uh, I had a pair of the Shack joints with the pump, and then I had a pair of the other silhouette, but it didn't have the basketball. It had like the weight ball on it. You know, it was, it was like a white and blue pair or something like that. But yeah, I'll, I'll cop for the classic. Did we lose E again? I think we we lost him. All right. Well, <laughs> thank you. There he is. There he's not. We're just gonna say E is not gonna cop these. <laughs> I don't. I don't think E would cop. I, I definitely. Dang it! There on the end. There it is. Okay. <laughs> he's, not he's, not, he's not gonna cop. Um, all right, so for the soul, uh, CB, you, yeah, Superfly, you gonna play? Nah, not tonight. Okay, all right, sorry, so you're, you're right. <sighs> so, just a Nike box, Nike year. Yep, yep, yep. Mm. Uh, the Stussy Hirachis. Woo. That's a that's a heavy cop right there. That um, is those are amazing. These are like, brown or green? It's green. It's and it's like this. Uh, I don't even know really how to describe. It's like a felt material almost. But mm -hmm. these are dope. Um, haven't had a pair of Harachis in a minute, so I'm happy to put another pair in the rotation. Um, there's a there's another colorway that Stussy had done, which was like a. It was more brown. It was like brown and green. And those are a little bit more hot, highly sought after or whatever. But these are, I've tried them on. They're super cozy. Can't go wrong with a pair of these. And there's really limited, like extra branding, but the materials are nice and they're super comfortable. So yeah. um, this is a cop that I was very, very happy about. Harachis nice. for the win. Uh, let me see. <clears throat> Okay. 
Um, so y'all know me, you know, colors guy. There you go. Yeah, this joint is just got it's got the bounce, not the boost souls. Um, but you know me, colors, mm -hmm. three stripes right there, uh, and they're kind of like a, a highlight of orange. Is there three M? Uh, no, I have not checked that, but uh, I'm going to check and I'll get back to you on that. I didn't, I didn't think about checking it because I didn't think where they could put it. Uh, you know what? It's probably right underneath here. I can see. Maybe. I think I can see it now. But uh, yep. So these are hardens. So you know, I love colors. So, <laughs> boy, you better not ever commit a crime in them shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it old school. You know, you know, we love them. But uh, I, I I took a trip to my to my my secret store down in the OC for these because I know they do collabs that they don't they don't put online. And uh, these is fresh. These is new. I don't know if they put them on the site yet. If they did, oh well, because I had them first. <laughs> Suede okay. green on the, some valley. Oh wow, valley type. Wow. Jeez, okay. This is hard. And the other color they had was a it was a blue, but the the blue really didn't hit. But this 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 green on green like this everything and of course you know i had to cop an outfit to go with it but i'll leave that you know that's for another show you got so, the suede green green shoe jumpsuit nah bro that i i left that one to you when you used to wear that to the football games but um it's comfortable <laughs> it's comfortable it's comfortable i don't care okay but yeah man you can't go wrong with it with the vans like they uh and of course they so i don't know like other than the online um, a lot of the local stores or the stores did a lot of collabs, Black History Month collabs, but they also did mm -hmm. with local black skaters that were around the way. So really, you got to pick oh, up some dope. some dope stuff that, you know, is it don't have to be high profile, but you know that the locals is checking for it and they want it because they know who the local skater is or whatever. So, uh, like I said, I went down to the OC, uh, shout out to Irvine and uh they had, you know, they had some pretty, some, some nice pieces in there. And of course, that's where I get to connect when they send me that, uh, you know, that good old picture of the book to let you know what the drop is looking like. <laughs> There's actually a, a Baltimore collab that um, I think it's on their website. The uh, but it's the, coming up? No, uh, Vans. Uh, oh, There's a collab yeah. with the Baltimore artist. Yeah. Right, right, um, right, 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 right. Uh, and a shirt to go with it too, but those actually uh, the book the bill program that we spotlighted a few weeks yep. ago. It's like the same same joint, yep. same uh, thing. But also shout out to Baltimore because uh, carpet that the skate shop in Baltimore they got their own dunks coming out. So like that's that's big time. Yep, yep. Uh, all right, fellas. Well, this has been real. I want to thank everybody for watching. Uh, real quick, where you can find us at. YouTube, IG, Facebook, SoundCloud, uh, Apple Music, or uh, Apple, whatever that is, iTunes, uh, Google Play, Spotify, wherever. Wherever you can find the uh, WRC podcast, that's where we're at. Um, hopefully, in the I'm going to manifest this right now. In the next week or so, me and CB still got something to talk about. And hopefully, we'll be able to talk about this. In the next week or so, like you know, 
at least put something in the air about what's what's getting ready to happen. Yeah, um, the weather gets too warm, dog. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's, it's, those it's those in, those NDAs can be a bitch. No, just. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, like that, like you know, you know. Me, look, me and CB took a trip, and we just need to talk about it. Right. And people You're need to hear about it. This exactly, exactly. But uh, all right, y'all, we got something else. Peace. Peace.